Hey everyone, welcome to DC Comics News Weekly Podcast. This is episode number 187. I had to look at that and, and just sort of check myself. It's been, that's uh, that's quite the milestone we keep climbing towards and past and then looking up to the next one. I'm your host, Seth Singleton, and thankfully I am not alone, joined by the magnificent, the brilliant Mr. Brad Felicki. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm getting over the flu, but I'm hanging in. You may hear me cough. During this podcast, so I apologize ahead of time, but I'm happy to be here. Uh, it's it's all worth it to get your brilliant insights. I'm fine with it. Everybody who's not fine with it, you know, I mean, yell at me or something. I mean, it's social media. It won't be that loud, but I'll get it. Uh, <laughs> and hey, man, tis a season. If you don't have a sniffle right now, the rest of us are not going to be that, you know, understanding. Well, going around. <laughs> Uh, I was back visiting family last week in Virginia, and it seemed like there was a head cold left and right, and what are you going to do? Me, I'm going to hunker down where it's warm, find some sunshine spots when I can, do my best to, you know, beat the cold with heat and hot food. We were talking about supper plans right before uh, we hopped on, because I've reached an age now where I can say supper, and it's not, like, ironic. Um, <laughs> So we're going to kick things off with a couple of super family stories from our movie section. Uh, first one, we have a begin filming date looking like early 2024. Brad, you know, uh, that's just like two months away now. I mean, it's less than two months away. And then, boom, we're in 2024 before you can sneeze twice. Uh, how do you feel about this revelation? Is early 2024 soon enough for Superman Legacy to get going? <laughs> I... I love that things are moving fast. It's amazing to me how fast things have moved since the strike is over. There's some big rumors around even the Marvel movies, and and those dates have been readjusted really quick. Now we have some DC confirmations, and that's great that um, it's going to be starting that quick because next year is going to be a weird year for superhero movies. Right now, there's no DC movies scheduled to come out, and basically only three Marvel movies that aren't officially, technically, I guess, MCU movies. So it's going to be, you know, people talk about superhero fatigue. Next year is going to be a good year to kind of get that out of your system because we're not going to have so many superhero movies. So it's great that they're hitting the ground running with this because um, I think it's DC's game to lose at this point. I think everybody's kind of excited for what James Gunn's going to do. And I think people, I hate to keep bringing up Marvel on a DC podcast, but I think people are kind of getting a little um, bored with the Marvel movies right now. Whether that's deserved or not is another question. And I think that it's DC's time to pick up the ball and run with it. And the sooner they can, the better. So we're filming in January. We could technically get this out early in 2025 so uh, i'm all for it uh this is this is great news i'm curious to see you know if we end up you know right on that date that we're looking at as it's been noted in our next story uh linking these together is the uh planned release date for july 11 2025 for the film so looking at roughly 18 months maybe you know 
given post-production and things like that. And with that revelation, so, you know, not only do we know that they're going to start filming soon, but they're targeting July 2025, but also we have the announcement that if you're a fan of uh, The Authority, then you're going to love the announcement that we have an Angela speaker for uh, The Engineer, and playing that role is Maria Gabriela de Faria, Fans of Deadly Class will recognize her. Um, fans of other projects probably will as well. Brad, what do you think about this announcement, casting choice, and such? Yeah, uh, I, I I liked her in Deadly Class. I think she's great. I think the engineer's a cool character. I, the only thing that that I have a little bit of drawback is there's certain things about Superman Legacy that are falling back into James Gunn's typical. I'm going to bring these characters that aren't as known and bring them into these movies. And it, granted, he's great at it, but I kind of wanted Superman to be a point where he can step away from that and show a different side. So I'm, I'm loving having all these characters, but it just makes me a little, a little sus about what's, if this is going to be a, Something new from James Gunn or more of the same? Or what about you? That's interesting. I've been wondering about this as well because I, I do realize that if you're drawing from all-star Superman and we end up with any elements from any of those storylines, like the one thing I, I love about it, which is Grant Morrison pulls in all these great characters, right? Both new and and classic. But it's a lot of characters to cover, you know, depending on how many of those arcs get included in this project. Uh, a solution for a lot of the tech and things like that might be someone like the engineer. And that could be where the other characters from the authority end up like helping out in that way. You can narrow it down to these four or five. I mean, one of the great things about the engineer can basically build anything with imagination. <laughs> those are some pretty lovely factors there. So. I'm intrigued by it also because I wonder if this isn't a chance to try and turn the authority into their own project, too. I I do take note, though, what you said. I mean, it started with Superman Legacy is going to be this love letter to Superman fans and this and the character. And now it feels like that love might be a little divided. And and that's a that's a challenge because what's going to be the greater focus of the film? Can you still give all the attention we want? I mean, I've got a Pipple over here who's very curious about it. She can't stop hopping on stuff out of like, hey, can I get some answers here? So if you think you've got them, let us know. We're, for the most part, just looking at what this means as we start to fill out the cast, as we get more super family announcements, including our next story, which is that... Uh, Ana Naguera is going to be writing Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, which is a lovely book. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, you've got time now in between when the, the project will be released. Brad, what do you think about this announcement and what it means for, you know, as you said, things really picking up speed. The studio is showing some uh, ambition, if nothing else, following the big lull from the Writers Guild and the Actors Strikes. You know, I'm not familiar so much with her work like on Vampire Diaries and things like that. But I like the idea that she was originally attached to a Supergirl project. So whatever she was doing, I think they must have liked enough that they thought, you know, she's got 
she's she's onto something here. She's got she's got a good vision. And we already know the story is so so cool and so different than what we expect from Supergirl. So I'm interested to see her take on it. So yeah, yeah. And uh, at, at, on another level, I'm glad that they brought a woman in to write it. I think that's um, that's fitting, and and uh, I'm just interested to see what her vision is going to be. What about you? I'm intrigued. I I as well am not familiar with Vampire Diaries uh, and other series that she's been involved in. However, I, I'm intrigued by the fact that somehow between planning to write the uh, the sequel, the spinoff for a Supergirl film with Sasha Kaye, that she's you know found the time to put together an off Broadway play in 2022 called Which Way of the Stage. I mean, if if you're cranking out that much on a regular basis, there, there's a strong chance that they're looking at that output and going, wow, so you haven't been waiting on the other Flash movie to come out. You've been doing things and, and things that are getting, you know, notable recognition. Off-Broadway is better than off-off-off-off-Broadway. So clearly, you know, uh, keeping busy, providing great work, and then sort of saying like, hey, when you guys are ready, just, you know, let's line this thing up. <laughs> so I love the fact that... Uh, yeah, there hasn't been a director name, but I feel like you really start to establish things when you get the script. It, it, it's really like once you put a writer on it and you have, uh, you know, something you can start shopping around to directors, that's when you can really pick things up fast. Because from there, it's casting. And this could be a really good development. I'm curious to see, uh, you know, which one of our super family news is going to be returning back to uh, our podcast soon for updates. Speaking of updates, the Constantine 2 sequel, not sequel, questions, lulls, and, you know, what is really happening has been clarified by the director, giving us a chance to feel like someone knows that these big gaps leave a lot of question marks and a lot of uncertainty, especially with the changes that have come since James Gunn took over DC's uh, cinematic universe. Brad, what did you think about this clarification from the director and what it can mean for fans of Constantine who are concerned? <laughs> uh, it's 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 got its plus and minuses. I'm I'm glad that it's still potentially happening, but the one drawback is that he said, "Well, we hope that it still can get off the ground." So that's not that's not the most optimistic. It's not like, "Hey, we've got a script and Candy's on board and let's go." We still have a long ways to go before this becomes a reality. I think that the fact that Ken Reeves is behind it, I think that's one of the main reasons why it would get made. If he can throw his weight around and say he believes in the movie, then that's going to be a big boost. We already know that they're going to bring the Elseworlds concept both back to comics and in the film. So this would be a perfect... If they can get it done fast enough, this would be one of the perfect kind of launches of the idea of the Elseworlds. That, and of course, Matt Reeves' Batman sequel and Penguin series, which we'll talk about. So, fingers crossed, but I will believe it when I see it and have more concrete information. It wasn't the full go-ahead that I'd hoped, but, you know, fingers crossed. At, at the end of the day, I kind of like that that there's still that kind of cult fandom for the original that people kind of reassessed it uh, i find that pretty interesting 
I'm also encouraged uh, by by the fact that even though there isn't a script, you know, we do have a talented uh, producer who's working on the storyline. You know, uh, Akiva Goldsman, who's worked on the client, uh, Batman and Robin, Batman Forever. Go ahead and say what you want about those. Uh, I Robot, I'm Legend, Cinderella Man. So. Clearly, we've got some experience coming to the helm. Hopefully, that experience can maybe at least get us a solid treatment. And if they need to hand it off to a screenwriter, they can go. But I, I like that at least there's planning. And and I do feel that to a degree, uh, there's going to be this sort of, hey, everybody's trying to get back to work. And, and that requires a little bit of uh, <laughs> confusion as everyone's, you know, trying to make contact and set things up and then get things clarified plus i can't imagine what else is going on i'm sure this would be a great time to be a fly on the wall inside the industry and, and just sort of watch like because they're like hey everybody thinks it's about this this and this well there's eight other pieces in between and i'm wondering how we'll hear more about that so i'm encouraged i i, I do understand the reservations you bring up i'm hopeful that like you said a lot of studios are hungry right now They've got this willingness to get going because it's been so much time. And the faster they can get the next thing out, the more they can build on. We, of course, can build on the fact that while that was a great list of movie stories, our amazing DC and editor-in-chief, Mr. Josh Rayner, has put together a phenomenal TV and streaming news list as well. Kicking off our first story from that one, we have Harley Quinn renewed for season five that little gutsy <laughs> animated show that continues to laugh and amaze. Brad, what was your thoughts on this announcement? I love it. Um, considering that it's a streaming show, five seasons is pretty impressive. A lot of streaming shows don't last that long. Um, you know, people still love it. It's, uh, it's really come into its own. And to me, and I think a lot of people within the DC Comics News podcast world, um, certain characters, their versions that are in this show have become iconic and kind of the determining. I, I Say what you want about Sylvester Stallone being King Shark, but to me, it's always <laughs> the Harley Quinn animated series. And who doesn't love the animated series version of Bane? I mean, these these characters are just incredible i want to see this show go on forever so i couldn't be more thrilled neither could i uh, it it's one where it seemed like seasons two and three it was the will they won't they can it keep it going and then sometime after they made the, i think the renewal for three it was like four came really fast after and and five just kind of seems like hey how much longer does everyone want to keep having fun and making money doing this and it seems like everybody's game for it because the writing, the the talent, it just seems like everyone is still having as much fun as they did the first two seasons. And I think that's good for all of us. As I also think those who feel like DC is never wrong when it has a little bit of holiday fun, this trailer for Merry Little Batman. Uh, we just grabbed this one, Batman News, bringing it to us. Uh, also, giving them credit, they were the ones who provided us with the Harley Quinn story we were just talking about. But... The Bat Family having a lot of fun right now with the announcements. I love this trailer. Brad, what do you think about this uh, Merry Little Batman? Oh, it looks a lot of fun. I'm definitely going to watch it. What I, I kind of like the animation style. 
it seems to me kind of influenced by like certain 90s edgy animated series like Ren and Stimpy and and shows like that, like the early days of Cartoon Network. And I kind of like that. Just gives it a little bit of chaos, but it looks like a lot of family fun. So I'm definitely, definitely going to check this out. With good reason. I, I, I'm with you there. I also feel like there's elements that remind me of Teen Titans Go when they have the television viewing episodes and you see Batman and Gordon and they're just being kind of goofy, silly and that same sort of style. Like he's kind of got a skinny chest and a, a big sort of, you know, kind of like funny belly and, and, you know, just sort of like big oh, oversized yeah. ears. And and, Batman has like the real big pecs, the narrow way and all that whole right. design <laughs> brings back like powder toast man. And I, I don't know. I, I, that's just what, I, I got from it was that kind of a nineties vibe. Yeah. It, the whole thing just feels like that much fun. Also DC shorts. I feel like there was elements that remind me of that Batman style as well. Also the, the humor that we get from Bruce Wayne in this, it's clearly geared towards a younger audience. They're definitely not trying to make this the, I am the knight, you know, sort of Batman approach. Instead, he's funny. He's, he's kind of, um, you know, hey, champ, hey, sport, you know, go, go get him. And he's got a beard. I, watch the trailer. Yes. I, I was trying to think if I'd ever remember Bruce Wayne having a beard. And I'm sure Steve will correct us, but I, I, I can't remember. I shouldn't say correct, but he'll inform us. But I just couldn't off the top of my head think of a time when Bruce Wayne had a beard. Yeah, I mean, I can go to one of those, you know, fun sort of 60s, 70s where they're constantly being, you know, turned into Neanderthals or time traveling or winding up in some wilderness or uh, maybe even in the uh, early days of, was it the Venom storyline? Maybe when he's going through sort of like to showcase that he's under duress. But what I love is when they have Alfred go, did someone forget about Areza? And he's like, hey, I think it ups my intimidation game. I'm more into <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt like there were some really fun, cute moments. If you haven't had the chance to check it out, BatmanNews.com has it. Where else you can find it? You know, I'm sure you have all of your favorite, you know, trailer destinations. But check it out. Have a great laugh. Tell us what you think. Uh, I think it's a fun way to celebrate the holidays. Coming out December 8th. Am I correct on that? I, I don't want to click that. Okay, thank you. Otherwise, I was going to have to reopen the story and then chalk one in the lost box for the memory column there. Uh, we also got a chance to check out another great trailer because, hey, you know, if we're talking about Constantine earlier in movies, why not say in this wonderful Vertigo universe and talk about the fact that we've got a Dead Boy Detectives trailer. For those of you, you know, feeling like there's a bit of a lull between things like, uh, well, Sandman and Good Omens. Hey, Dead Boy Detectives, all the Neil Gaiman, your heart can devour right now. What did you think about this trailer and what it sets up for us for the upcoming series? I can't wait. I'm excited. Having said that, I mean, the trailer looks great. Looks like um, polished, funny. Like I, I see what they're doing and I, I dig it. Something a lot more maybe aimed for a mainstream audience than Sandman was. So I don't know if a lot of the Neil Gaiman tone is translating so far yet, but that doesn't mean that I didn't like what I saw or I'm not looking forward to the series. I think that there's a lot of room to move within it. And um, 
uh, and I, I can't think of the actress's name. She's at the very end. She was in Claws, and she was great in Claws, and I'm glad to see her come back. She was part of a like a, a sketch comedy crew in the early 2000s called Toy Pack that was really good. So I'm glad to see her get work, and I love that she's in the series, so I'm glad to see her back. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm still looking forward to this, but it doesn't super feel like a Neil Gaiman or tied to the Sandman story. So um, I will be interested to see if they do make some kind of connection to the other series as it goes on. So we'll see. But yeah, I'm excited. Interesting. Curious to see that as well. I, I'm always going to defer to you, Steve, probably Kelly as well when it comes to uh, Neil Gaiman, Sandman. Um, well, all things kind of vertigo. But <laughs> with that in mind, the, the parts that I enjoyed, it seemed like there was cute whimsy. It was well well done, as you said. It seems like the production value was high, great polish. And and I also felt like the characters you know, were established pretty clearly. You, know, you got the two uh, two ghosts, and then, of course, that great interaction with the character you were referring to at the end. You know, it, all it took was a great line, and you knew who that character was. Um, curious, too, about the Claws thing. I haven't watched the show. Wife was a fan, so I'll mention it to her, see if she's interested at all. But the only thing I think we're kind of left with is we, we don't know when it's coming out. Presently, no release date, according to the story. But we'd love to hear your thoughts about the Dead Boy Detectives trailer and I'm also curious, just because we know this, too. I remember that with uh, Superman and Lois, we weren't in love with the first trailer, too. Didn't set the series up well, and then later they did another trailer that really sort of nailed it. So curious if we might get another one that sort of reacts to what the feedback is, and we get a chance to see maybe more what the series is really going to be about. In the meantime, we do know that going back to the Bat family, Penguin has a uh, fall 2024 planned premiere. What did you think about the fact that we now know this this project is going to be something we can enjoy in less than a year now, it looks like? I, I think we're very lucky. Um, it was supposed to come out in the summer or spring, and it got pushed back only to the fall. I'm so thankful that the strikes didn't push it back until 2025. Because 2025 is going to be getting pretty crowded as all these movies that were delayed and, and shows start coming out. So I think it's, I think it's a great time for it to come out. Um, like next fall, so I'm I'm super excited. I you know this is one of those things. I you know I I I believe it when I see it. When this was first announced, I never thought it would get made, and the fact that it is, I, I'm super happy. So I can wait a few months. I'm just glad it's coming out in 2024. Well, if we can all have your patience, then I'm sure it will be well-deserved and rewarded when we get a chance to enjoy it come fall 2024. Also, one of the great things uh, about that is, depending on how the timing works out with the second Batman movie, it might be sort of a gift to fans that, sure, it'll be ready fall 2024, and Batman 2 could be not far behind in a great way to, to pick it up. As you mentioned, 2025 is looking crowded, so we'll, we'll see how things end up shaking out. But um, it's certainly encouraging, and I'm hopeful that it will soften the blow of our next story regarding uh, Superman and Lois, which will be coming to an end with season four. This was kind of a known thing, something I remember talking about back when we had Damien on one time. You know, the, the simple fact that with the transition to the James Gunn vision, certain projects will be coming to a close. What did you think about this uh, 
clarifying announcement. You know, we might be sad that it's being canceled, but I'm so happy that we got what we got and that we're getting more episodes because the CW shows have all wrapped up. Um, I think it's a credit to the cast, the writers, the creative team, that they were able to stay around for these extra episodes so that they can finish up the story. I'm, I'm there for it to see how they finish up the story. Um, I've watched every season so far, so I'm, I'm there for it. I'm, I'm, gl- I'm just glad that we're getting more episodes. I agree with you there. It'll be a final season of 10 episodes due to a reduced budget, but um, and there's no premiere date, but we do know that it will be coming our way. And I do want to think one of the nice things is that we also have had announcements about the cast being pared down coming up for that season uh, four, and that the focus is going to be on Luther. And there's quite a talented cast I feel that they can really carry the dramatic tension well without needing to bring in a lot of bells and whistles and expensive stuff where we already know how compelling the narrative has been as far as these characters. Anyone who's been following up through season three knows that there's uh, a certain amount of righteousness in the anger coming from Luther this time around. And I'm sure it's going to be really compelling to watch these characters go through it. So I'm looking fine, looking forward to a final fourth season. And as you mentioned, it's a gift, right? You know, yeah, we you got three seasons episodes, already. It's a gift. It's a gift. Yeah, definitely, definitely. As is our final TV and streaming story, which is about James Gunn's Creature Commandos release rumors. I mean, who wants that kind of anxiety going into the holidays, right? It's just great to get things cleared up. Uh, Brad, what did you think about what James had to say? And, you know, is this going to be enough for fans? Are they going to be back next week? Like, we have more questions. They're always going to have more questions. Um, he does a good job of deflecting as much as he can. But when, one thing interesting about this story is that he did say that the voice recording is done. So I, I, I just, back in my mind, I'm kind of wondering, I'm kind of curious if, he's playing coy with us and they're going to drop it as a surprise like on christmas day or new year's day or something crazy like that just say oh by the way surprise surprise here's creature commandos and that gets the buzz going because he also said that the strikes didn't delay this series at all so what else are they going to do they had all this time on their hands let's get it done so for all we know, it could be in the bag. So we'll see. I don't know. That's I know that's a it's a pipe dream, but who knows? You never know. Totally agree. I'm really intrigued now. I, I feel like to uh, to a degree there's this <laughs> there's this idea now of like, well, so what's left? And how long is that really is it really gonna take as long as this says? Maybe, maybe, maybe our sandbag in just a little bit, kind of throwing us off our game a little bit. And then suddenly, as you mentioned, we'll get a surprise. Christmas Day, New Year's Day, I don't know, something like that. You know, some sort of big like, hey, we finished early, so everybody gets a treat. I like that potential. I feel like that's something that they could. And as you mentioned, this wasn't delayed. So what was going on during all that time? And, you know, how close does that mean we are? While we're waiting, we have the luxury of also 
enjoying some great comic books. And we've got some great comic book news on our list of news stories. To begin with, the Joker's origins will be revealed in the Joker year one. I mean, um, so many great characters from Batman to Flash. So many others have had wonderful year one stories that tell us so much. This one clearly uh, going to tell us so much more. Brad, what do you think about this announcement? How much are Steve's ears burning right now? Yeah. Yeah, I wish I could get Steve's take on this. Uh, I, I kind of like what they, they're kind of doing with this, what they did with Batman Year One. They're keeping it in the confines of the original, like in the comic. Not like it's not like its own separate limited series or things like that. And I think that's that's kind of an interesting take. And I would, you know, God bless Chip Zdarsky for taking that on because that's been a story that people have been wondering about and having their own spins on it kind of and hints and you know things like that but they actually go in and tell that story that's um that's uh, a big responsibility in the uh mythos of comics in general not even batman but that's just always been that kind of that mystery of what joker's origin is so uh that's a pretty brave story to want to tackle since nobody has before so you know, I, and he's a great writer, so I, I think he can handle it. So I'm, I'm definitely curious about what the actual story is going to be. Agreed. As you mentioned, talented writer, and I think it also helps, backed up by a team of artists from Giuseppe Comancoli, Stefano Nessi, Andrea Sorrentino, Alejandro Sanchez, Dave Stewart. Uh, you know, if you got to pull from a bullpen or if you got to break things down with a team of artists, that, that seems like a pretty great company to be hanging out in. Um, as you pointed out, it's going to be quite the task. They've already got some previews of uh, some great art. Yeah, the art looks great. From that one. Yeah, so take a peek if you haven't yet. We got this one from Batman News. Uh, go take a gander. Let us know what you think because we're curious as well. Also, uh, do you ever wish your compact or your comics were just a little bit smaller? Boy, I really butchered that. Anyways, new compact line of comics are coming from DC. These compact comics, well, let's just say to begin with, they're smaller. And with that, you get a little bit more, uh, get a little bit more in a smaller package. Ain't it great? Brad, what'd you think about this announcement? What it can mean for uh, future it. comics? I love it. They're affordable. They're good in for people that haven't experienced these stories. And I love the choices of the first kind of um, round of books. Uh, we've got Watchmen, of course, Batman, Court of Owls, All-Star Superman, of course, Far Sector, Wonder Woman, Earth One, American Vampire, Book One, which was an interesting choice. That would I would not have guessed that. Uh, Batman Hush, of course. The Brian Azzarello Joker series, which I really liked. Uh, Harley Quinn and Gotham City Sirens. Catwoman, Trial of Catwoman. So this is a great introduction to a lot of these classic stories. But what's interesting is what it leaves open. If this is a successful run, and I, I can't imagine how it wouldn't be, what other DC stories it could bring in? Like we talked about Batman Year One. We could bring Batman Year One into it. We could bring Dark Knight Returns. Uh, Sandman, of course, the Death uh, miniseries, um, Preacher, all those classic, uh, James Robinson's Starman from the 90s, all these kind of classic stories that we could bring back in these forms, and it's just a really cool way 
for people to rediscover. And with this first round, you've got like a lot of different generations. You know, the far sector is new. You got Watchmen, which was from the 80s. So it, it runs it runs the gamut. So they could just bring all these classic DC stories back. Uh, it's a great way to keep them in print, a good way to people to get introduced to them if they haven't. $9.99 is the price point, I think it said. That's great for introduction. Uh, I I, I want to see this line develop because I can't wait to see what other stories. Um, I, I just going through my head, I'm thinking of um, New Frontier, um, things like that. Um, I'm sure you know, by Flash, you're such a Flash fan. All, all the classic Flash stories I could bring back in this way. Crisis. Um, sure. Final Crisis. Return of Barry Final Allen. Crisis, yeah. uh, <laughs> Identity Crowd. All those. All the crises. I mean, they could do such cool things with this. So I'm, I'm really excited to see this line evolve and develop over the next few years. Man, there's nothing better than knowing you asked the right person the right question. Uh, that was a great breakdown. I mean, you kind of hit all the hot points when you think about it, between how many different titles this can you know, lead to being re-released, to the great price point, um, great way to introduce fans, great portable way to you know collect these editions, $9.99. Again. Just how great I, would it be? Not to interrupt you, I'm sorry, but just to walk into an airport and you're waiting to catch the plane and you want something to read, and there's these classic DC stories that are very easy just to pop in your pocket, take it on the plane to read, things like that. I mean, it's, it's just it's a very good idea. Yeah, five and a half inches by eight and a half inches, you know. I mean, it's about as portable as you can get. And as you point out, it's such a great way to get folks involved in stories that are have been recent hits like Far Sector to, as you point out, all the way back to Watchmen quite the timeline so many others that we could see come along the way um, i think it's a really great opportunity and as you point out if it does take off boy we could be talking about these and and the titles coming on them for uh months and years to come that's an exciting prospect keeps us i'm glad you busy. brought up the measurements because hmm. that is basically the size of a mass market paperback to give people good living. a reference so <laughs> that's the perfect size yeah, now, I, I, I guess I guess thing. the only drawback is I'm a story guy. I, I go to the story before the art. People who are really fans of the art might not like it quite as much because it's smaller. But that that's the only tiny drawback. Not only that, but I mean, I mean, I get that, actually. But I, I feel like there's a, a great I'm going to go, you know, glass half full on that, because can you imagine if they get a chance to tell someone who read the originals and they're like, oh, buddy, oh, friend, oh, pal, you need to go pick up the collected edition or something, because when you see it in all of its glory, you're going to really love that you have this copy to carry around with you and this one to enjoy at home. And yeah. Those of us who know what it's like to have a travel copy of a comic in your in your bag and just easy to break out and read, um, it's it's quite a good thing. <laughs> I see a lot of positives, as you pointed out. I also see a lot of positives with the uh, Trinity of Evil kicking off our 2024. Um, the uh, Beast World, Titans Beast World storyline coming to a close as we end 2023, just in time for this Trinity of Evil to kick off. Superman facing an alien attack, uh, at the tease of a new Suicide Squad, Batman and Joker having their quote-unquote most brutal battle yet, 
cautious with that one. Brad, what do you think about this story and uh, what it pretends for 2024? I just think that's a very bold statement to say it's the most brutal. <laughs> that's, that's saying something. So I, it's hard to believe that that could be something that doesn't have a black label associated with it. So, right. so we'll see. I am, I'm very curious about what the, uh, the new Suicide Squad is going to bring about. So, yeah, this should be should be a pretty you know, big big way to start 2024 when it comes to what's happening in the DC comics. So, yeah, I'm I'm curious. A lot of great pieces, a lot of great characters. Definitely, I mean, you got to enjoy the moxie of uh, of going for it there, the gusto of like, yeah, this is the most brutal one. Well, you you better back that up. You you better be ready for it. Um, along the way, we also have a Suicide Squad dream team, as is described. There's Amanda Waller in the back there, just sort of pulling all the strings. And the other one that I got a kick out of here, the story of the Brainiac Queen. I had moments when I first saw like the upper portion totally reminded me of the great sort of villain character that they had from 52. It was like this horde that was going through space. And I just remember that one, like crunching Green Lantern rings and thinking to myself, like, wow, this is menacing. So I love the sort of tease for that, that great feeling that I, I would have enjoyed them carrying on with. Also, um, I feel like I'm eating crow, at least for that time. You and I were not on the page about the uh, Zer and R Batman. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, later we're hearing uh, from Steve about like, guys, ah, Grant Morrison, legendary, this, that. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Now, of course, that character returning for a bit of a darker storyline for the Dark Knight. Uh, there's a lot of crazy stuff coming our way for 2024. Go check out Games Radar. Look at what we're talking about and then get back to us with your thoughts because, you know, we're, we're just trying to hit the highlights, but there's so much more to digest there. And man... It's going to help because we have that to look forward to, knowing that for right now, one of the really seminal creators who came in and built their own line and, and made quite the imprint on comics is stepping away for the time being. That's Joe Hill. He's decided he will be leaving DC Comics, writing comics altogether, at least for the time being, to focus on novels. Brad, what do you think about the announcement and uh, what it means for fans who are hoping for more? I'm okay with it. I'm a big Joe Hill fan. He's Stephen King's son. How could I not be? Um, when I first, before I even clicked on the article and I saw what it had said, that he was stepping away, I thought, well, I hope he's stepping away because he wants to write some more novels. And that's exactly what the case was. So give him time. Let him get, you know, let him write a few books. He's not going to stay away from comics. Comics are more his bread and butter than maybe some people realize. So um, just give him a little time. He's 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 going to come back around. Um, those I, I'm I'm guessing that he has certain ideas in mind for novels. So he want, kind of wants to strike while the iron's hot. So that's good. His novels are good. I'm sure that either way we're going to get some good good uh, good content. But he's not going to stay away from comics forever. Just give him, just give him a little time. I, I kind of hope that they could somehow still continue the horror line in some way, the Hill House comics, even if he's not writing. So you know, Soul Plumber things like that weren't written by him. So there's no reason why, as long as he gives the okay, that they can't keep going. So so we'll see. But I don't, I don't think it's the end for him writing comics. 
I just think you just got to give him a little time. Definitely. I mean, he does point out that he's looking to do, it, it looks like at least about six novels that he, he wants to write, that he knows what they are and that he wants to do it. But he, he also leaves the door open, coming back to uh, script Strange Weather, if that works out, for the adaptation from his novellas to the uh, image line. And he teased the possibility of Lock and Key picking back up with uh, Gabriel Rodriguez. So it, it sounds like he's going away for the time being and make a clear you know, decision. But who knows? During one or both of the novels, he might find like, hey, I've got time to take a little break and, and work on some of these other things and, and give us a chance. And also, I like the work for hire idea. I mean, with this Hill House line, maybe there's a couple stories he would like to you know, he knows rising talent. And he'd like to say, hey, go ahead and let's see what you can do with this idea that I think the timing's right. And also, in the time between now and when he does come back, who knows how many more fans could find all of those great basket full of heads, refrigerator full of heads, so many other great stories that he had going that that sort of like uh, <laughs> catch up process that sometimes happening when shows go to streaming and other things. And people are like, hey, it's been five years, but we're huge fans now. What's the next thing? That could bring and, him right back too. Yeah, and you're a writer, so you know that create creativity can take you in different directions that you're not expecting. So he could be trying to write a novel, and all of a sudden, a light bulb goes off in his head where he's got this idea for a great story <laughs> that would work perfect as a comic. So those things, it's constantly shifting and changing. So, so my prediction. <laughs> all you have to do is he'll be back to write comics. Definitely. I mean, all you have to do at, at some point is, is start writing on something and it only takes a little bit of time before you have a couple of great ideas for other stuff. Just keep the notepad handy, keep jotting them down. And yeah, if, if they turn into something more, well, hey, that's just an embarrassment of riches, right? That's just an extra blessing. But I, I like what you point out. Um, you know, who knows how soon it could really be. Uh, the best laid plans can quickly be turned by comic fans and opportunity and who knows what else. And in the meantime, we'll get a couple of good novels out of it, too. So, you know, Brad, as a fan, as I'm sure many others are with you, they're like, hey, so I don't get any comics. I still get, you know, great writing in his novels. It's it's not a bad trade-off in the meantime. It's been a little while since we've had a Joe Hill book. So, okay. Yeah, we're due. <laughs> we're due. Hey, for our uh, final comic story of this episode... Statics up all night writer Lamar Giles. Is it Giles or Giles? I don't know. Okay, if you know, just correct me. Okay, thank you. I uh, gave a really great interview to uh, CBR.com. I'm putting all the responsibility on Brad. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm taking my share of responsibility. I, I gave it a, a fine effort. But we have this really fun interview about about a up all night, staying up late uh, collection, this, this sort of young adult approach to the character and it to me it sounds like a lot of fun you've got rocket you've got a couple of other responsible characters and then you have someone who brings the mischief and it it sounds like everything i got from this was a a real treat for fans to look forward to what, what did you think about this great interview and the uh the topic about our well milestone character static you know i've i've talked a lot about how good the dc YA graphic novels have been. Thinking about it, I'm surprised that it's taken this long to get a static YA graphic novel. He seems like the perfect character, built in audience, lots of things to say. Uh, the milestone 
imprint is so great that it seems, why did this happen already? Um, and I, I think back about being that age, being a teenager, and I love the idea of staying up all night so that I would always try to do that, see if I could do it. So little things like that, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, it reminds me, I had a, a friend back then who was always trying to like, you know, get lost or wind up in some crazy adventure. And sometimes it happened. And then you're like, okay, so here we are at two in the morning and, you know, <laughs> We all have responsibilities the next day, but we're in this thing. We all got into whatever this mess is or this project or some mission or something like that. Um, I definitely remember with friends once we decided we were only we live in California. We were only like an hour and a half, two hours away from the snow and we were doing it. We just got in the cars at like 5 p.m. and headed up to the hills and it was dark, but we got up there and some adventures along the way, on the way up and on the way back. And I love the idea of taking that and going, OK, now superheroes a little bit of mischief right and what happens when these responsible characters have to deal with the consequences of having a bit of fun but as they point out they're still teens they have all these different emotions that go with them and brad you bring up a great point ya novels have been such a great opportunity for dc characters to get exposure i think including static now is a great one who knows what the delay was? You know, I do know there's been a lot of stuff going on with the milestone line, and I know the other static has been sort of getting um, steady traction. So maybe they didn't want to break up attention, but I think we get a real gift here because fans of Static will get to read more Static from the regular series. Fans of Rocket will get to go ahead and jump over to Icon and Rocket. I mean, it, it's a great introduction to the milestone universe too. Great mix of characters, lots to look forward to. Um, however. We're going to have to leave you with things to look forward to in regards to our next podcast, because that's our last story, which means you have to wait until next time for us to bring you all these great, wonderful things that are going on at DC and that our amazing editor-in-chief, Mr. Josh Rayner, puts together for us. This has been the DCM Podcast, episode number 187. Once again, I've been your host, Seth Singleton, and I've been joined by the brilliant Brad Brad, the good folks have heard some wonderful wisdom coming for you. If they want to follow up, where should they be looking on that World Wide Web? Uh, you can find me writing news reviews, uh, DC Comics news, uh, an occasional review on Mark with the Movie Blog. Uh, you can uh, find me on the, I say this all the time, the Harley Quinn Med Love podcast that we will hopefully start recording again. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at FlakyB1. And where can people find you, Seth? Probably the easiest one, um, Stories with Seth. Go ahead, check out website. That's got almost all my links. You can also see any stories and reviews that I wrote for DC Comics News. You can also make sure that you're subscribed to this podcast. And you can hear me, Brad, the entire team pontificate about all of the great DC Comics and movies, TV streaming, all that great news in our previous podcast, as well as Mad Love, which was a wonderful experience and we will one day pick up. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it will. And, and once it does, it'll be glorious. You subscribe to the DC Comics News Podcast Network. You'll also get great stuff like I Am The Night, breakdown of the Batman the Animated Series by our uh, legendary Mr. Steve J. Ray, as well as other amazing content that we don't even know how much of it's going to be coming around the corner for you. But when it does, you'll be subscribed. You can also use at DC Comics News, capital D, capital C, 
Capital C O M I C S Capital N E W S. Use that on all of your favorite social media. Tag us. Let us know your questions, your thoughts, your concerns, your goals, your wishes, your dreams. We want to hear all about it. And we would love to know that you're thinking about us when you're talking about this stuff. Find us on all those great places. My dog will be enthusiastic as they just barkingly, excitedly pointed out. And we will be back next time around with some great stuff for you. I think that covers all of the great, yeah, I think I got it. I think we're good. Brad, that just leaves one last thing, right? We always have this reminder. We want to make sure you're doing between now and the next time you get a chance to join us. And that is to always read more comics. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, everyone. Look forward to hanging out with you next time around.